Gheorghe Gheorghiu Dej. Welcome to Sounding Board, the podcast for free thinkers who love freedom. Yes, that's a good one. Can I can I just say for the record that I got that in one take, and you just screwed that up off I was gonna say off camera, off mic, about three times, and it's normally it's me who does that, and you roast me for it. <laughs> it was your turn to be right. So uh, yeah, one take, one take, Elliot. Evening, evening. So Nick, um, I wanted to go back to our roots for this podcast. Okay. Um, Good old commie bashing. Oh yeah, let's do some of that. Okay, now this one, this one, I've, I've wanted to do a podcast. So this is going to be about Nikolai Ceausescu. Okay, and I've wanted to do a podcast on him since December 2019 because that was the anniversary, of course, of, of you know his kind of fall from grace and well, I guess my fall from grace was, was far before that, but it was it was when he was. I was he was ousted. It was, it was yeah. ousted, yeah, and it was um, well Christmas Day, twenty nineteen. Yeah, the end, the end of the regime and the end of him. Um, and we, uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away. Um, by, by Spoilers. Saying that. Um, and we're not, you know, we're not, we're not ones to celebrate, you know, the killing of anybody. But I'm just, I'm happy to give the facts, and we'll let our special friend. Uh, you I know. think we can celebrate the end of. Uh, of a period of conflict. we can celebrate the end of his tyranny absolutely I mean, he saying. was he was absolutely pure evil yeah um and and it was it was actually quite comic his his end it's like a it's a bit of a farce it's almost it's like a, it's like a black comedy the end bit we'll, we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to I'm, that later I'm, i look forward to this because i really don't know much about this story other than oh and there's something is there some some stupid fact about the largest building or something oh, I've, got, got, got all all stats, oh, I've got all the stats I've got all the stats on that so so Ceausescu was mental okay I mean he was he was he was proper crazy and I don't I don't want our special listener to go away I mean I don't think we've got any socialists listening but I don't want people to think oh that was the reason it went wrong yes because we can name well every socialist regime has gone wrong uh you know we, we can we can name a dozen off the top of our heads that have that have gone wrong, and, and not everyone is crazy. I mean, you know, think of the the Kim dynasty in North Korea. It's cold. It's calculated, and they've they've kept it going for like seventy years or something. So mm. they're, they're not, you know, they even though they're, you know, they're they're a bit eccentric. You know, it's 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 calculated. You know, it, mm. it, it, and, and they're clever people. Ceausescu wasn't one of those, and he was he was evil. I'm not taking that away from him, but he was also mental. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the, I think the craziest anecdote I heard about him, um, and I, I, I kind of looked this up online as well. It, apparently, when he was visiting somewhere, he'd have people go ahead of him to paint the leaves and all the trees green. It's he's that level of lunatic. Really? Yeah. To paint to paint the leaves, the leaves the green. Yeah, that's that's it's, a special. That's, kind a, of crazy. that's a bit tapped, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so anyway, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a bit of a bit of history on Ceausescu and and how he came to power, uh, a bit about the regime itself, and then we'll go on to the the anecdote at the I end. Th- I think we've got to assume that there's some listeners that are you know relatively young that that don't. I mean, I don't know the story in detail. I'll have I'll have heard bits of it. 
Um, but there's lots of people who you know didn't didn't live through this. Through well, sure, yeah, because I mean it, it ended in 1989, so yeah, you know it was, it was a long a long time ago. So anyway, he was, he was born in 1918. Uh, he's the third of nine children um, to in a family of peasants. Um, wasn't well educated. He he uh, he studied at school until he was 11, and then he buggered off to to to, to book arrest. Um, he joined the Romanian communist movement when he was 14. Um, and he was first arrested when he was a year later when he was 15 for street fighting during a strike. <laughs> uh, and then again in, uh, a year later in 1934 um, for collecting signatures on a petition protesting the trial of railway workers. Um, so he's, you know, he was, right. he was a, an, early, an early communist. Yeah. Um, since he was a child. So, yeah, since he was a child. And, and by, you know, even as a teenager, he'd been on missions in Bucharest and, uh, and, and various other places. Um, and, and, you know, he was arrested several times as a teenager. Apparently, so this, this is quite funny, the, the, the profile on him from the secret police mm. named him a dangerous communist agitator and also a distributor of communist and anti-fascist propaganda materials. So the whole the whole commies calling themselves anti-fascist, that's not a new thing. Yeah. Ceausescu was doing that in the 30s. You know, the Ber- the Berlin Wall was called the anti-fascist wall. Communists have yeah. always said that they're the, they're, we're the true anti-fascists and if you're not one of us, you must therefore be a fascist. Yes. Do, so do you know much about the the, the regime then? I, mean, I don't really know. I mean, they're, they're obviously talking about fascism there was it was Romania a fascist regime at this point um I mean, well, we're talking the 30s in Europe so it's, it's... I, yeah I'm, I'm not too sure I know more after the second world war right okay so I don't know sure. too much I know the communists but weren't in you charge. mentioned the secret police and if and if they're not the commie secret police then they're going to be the fascist secret police aren't they? yeah probably and I mean, I mean we'll, we'll... there's only two sides that have the secret police we uh we move on to the commie secret police i'm sure later but anyway yeah so he was um he was in yeah in 36 he was uh sentenced to two years in prison another six months for contempt of court um and uh yeah he he, he left again in i think 1939 where he met his wife elena um who he married in '47, um, but more more okay, on her later. Right. Um, he wasn't free for very long. Uh, he was arrested again and sentenced for conspiracy against social order. And what a great name! That you can see that being a statute that gets instituted here sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. And 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 <laughs> so he spent. He basically spent the war in prison and, and in these internment right. camps. And in one of the camps in 1943. This is where he met. In fact, he shared a shell. Shared a cell with one take, Elliot. And I'm going to try. And have, this is not going to be one take. Georgi Georgiodej, I think. Hang on, let me. I've got. That I've sounded got, pretty good. I've got this somewhere. Give me, give me, give me a second. Right, th- it, this guy here who was who who ended up being the the Romanian leader. Georgi I don't. I don't think that was terrible. No. So. Gheorghe Odej, he was le- he was leader of the prison faction of the Communist Party. Right. That was basically everybody, because they threw all the communists in prison. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was a fascist regime. But basically, yeah. the, the, the only communists that, that, that were in the Communist Party were either exiled, most likely in the Soviet Union, or they, they were in prison. So he was basically, you know, party party leader. Mm. Um, and and. 
it was in this in in this internment camp where he used to run these self criticism sessions. Have you heard of yeah, those? Are sometimes called struggle sessions. No. Right, okay. So this is this is where. Why did you do these at work? They they do this in North Korea now. They did them in the Soviet Union. Um, it's the, the so basically it's where where people had to confess before other party members. Their misunderstandings of the teachings of Marx, Engels, and Lenin, um, as interpreted by Gheorghe Dej. So they had to say, "Oh yeah, I was really bad this week because I I read Marx and I misinterpreted it, and now I've seen the light." It's, it's bless me, Father, for I've sinned type stuff. Yeah, it's it's religious against, cult stuff. But they, yeah. they, they did it in the Soviet Union. They do it in North Korea to this day, where they do, they do it like in schools and stuff, where you have to everyone has to have like an assembly. Everyone has to stand up. And say something that they've done wrong. So you might say, you know what, I um I didn't do my homework very well. I didn't I didn't spend enough time on it, or I stole a pencil. And then everybody else has to say, yeah, yep, yeah, I saw him steal that pencil. And and you have to basically that is cult like. Yeah, and, and you have to kind of just say how bad you are. And if you don't come up with anything, then you're a liar. And you've been punished. And you get punished you for it. So you're just encouraged to do. The, they're called struggle sessions. Um, uh, so that's just gonna that's that's going to instill that's going to incentivize you just to come up with your bank of excuses, isn't it? It's sure. gonna it, they are going to be lies. Sure. Because you're going to run out of things to say, aren't you? You're gonna you and you. It's just going to be you're just going to be effectively chanting after a while as a, as a group, aren't you? Yeah, it's it's but it, it works. Oh, it just horrific. keeps it keeps people living in fear, and they, yeah, it's but but they've been they've been doing it for a hundred years. So yes, he implemented these 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 kind of self criticism sessions, and uh, Ceausescu was the enforcer. Um, of so course he was. He used to if party members didn't, you know, perform adequately, he'd beat them up. That was him. Right, and that's that's you know that's oh, where he, right. kind of, he so, kind of made a name for himself. Right, as as being, God, you're literally yeah. being the. The fists. Yeah, he used to he used to beat them. So if they if they either refused to go or were insufficiently enthusiastic about them, so if if you turned up, gave it your best shot, but he wasn't happy, he beat you up. That 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 was him. Um, so anyway, and and then the, obviously World War Two ended. Um, socialism was imposed by the USSR onto Romania, um, and he rose through the ranks of the of the socialist government at that point. Yeah, and and the. Um, the, the, I guess the Soviets kind of saw Romania as just kind of people to farm, um, and they kind of sort of went on with it for a while. Pe- people to farm or a country? To well, farm. a country to farm. Yeah. Yes. So, so they, they would just use the people as farmers, and, and yeah. you know, they'd take all the food and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, they kind of kind of went along with it for a while. Um, Georgi Dej, and I think it's probably the last time I need to say his name. He died in I think sixty-five of lung cancer, and uh, at that point, Ceausescu came on as general secretary and he was yes. a bit more anti uh, USSR at that point um, because he saw them as kind of you know as not being not being quite as true communists as they were yeah and it was in 19 I believe it was near yeah, 1968 um, so you know the first couple of years uh, that he'd been in power so and at that point I think he'd 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 liberalized ever so slightly so he'd reduced press censorship a tiny bit and that kind right. of thing. He'd done, he'd done like a, a, a couple of notional things, notional um, liberalisations, but nothing, nothing massive. In '68, um, the uh, the Soviets he gave a speech condemning the Soviet invasion of Czechoslovakia, mm. um, and he gave that from the balcony of the Central Committee building in Bucharest. 
I just remember that because we're going to we're going to come back to that. Okay? Sure. This particular building, this particular balcony. He gave this speech, and it was apparently it was like a very rousing speech. Got a huge popularity surge at that point. How um, old would he have been? He'd been fifty, late forties, or no, yeah, maybe fifty by yeah, fifty by then. Yeah, because he was late, he was late forties yeah. when he when he came. I think it's forty seven when he came to power. So yeah. he'd have been fifty by then. Um, and at this point, the West decided to quite like him. They kind of saw him as a bit of a dissident. Um, because some, he was calling out the Soviets. Somebody they could work with. Enemy of my enemy and all that. Sure. And, and they, uh, you know, for, for, for basically two decades, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of saw him as, as like the, the, a reasonable person. But it was just, it was comical in, in, some, in some place. So in, in 78, him and his wife Elena visited Buckingham Palace. And before then, the president of France rang ahead to warn the British people, also to warn the, warn the British government, that when Ceausescu visited Paris, he had stolen anything that wasn't nailed down, <laughs> including lamps, vases, ashtrays, even bathroom fittings. No. So the palace had to, to hide all the pinchable items because he'd ripped them off from France. What? So he was a, he was a kleptomaniac? I, I just think he would just take... Anything and everything he, he you know he was just a, but, you, but that that sounds like compulsive behaviour that doesn't sound like like a you know like I could get fired for this on eBay I, like, I, I don't he didn't he didn't need to but he just I, I think he was a, he was a that's mental, got to be part of his crazy I think he was a mental psychopath he just he just didn't care I don't think he was I don't think he had an addiction to stealing he just thought that's there why I shouldn't s- I take it right I suppose it's the definition it depends on your definition of kleptomania I suppose yeah. but I, I suppose I I take I take it as a he had a he had a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, and then so it was a bit of an embarrassment for you know for the UK. But they 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 um they did it because apparently they were trying to get this aerospace deal. Um, but apparently Chachesco asked if he could make part of the payment in ice cream, yogurt, and strawberries. Can you imagine setting around this, the is, table, this, is, this is the level. or even or even being the the palace official or the government official being being told that. From another government, from him, one of his aides. I aides. know, I know. Uh, I've got some news, sir. Uh, so the, uh, he, he will, he will agree to your deal. <laughs> However, <laughs> there are some some stipulations. <laughs> yeah, can you can you imagine that? How would you deal with that? I don't. I don't How know. would you? I mean, did they just say yes? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, while the West was seeing him as like a moderate because he was uh, because he was against Stalin. Um, he the reason he was against or one of the reasons he was against Stalin because he thought he thought Stalin was too moderate and that he wasn't a true communist. So he was actually kind of he was he was far worse and he was trying to build pure communism in in Romania with a, like a proper you know proper totalitarian uh, economy. He 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 loved he did like the the kind of the cult of personality that Stalin had mm. and he tried to try to have that for him for himself. Yeah, he wanted his own little mini version of that. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And they and they they used to, they organised these kind of these games, kind of mass participation games where people. I just were, think Hunger Games. The moment you say well, that, yeah. well, people people were compelled to perform. These like really camp gay dances and stuff to to show how much they loved him and and all that kind of stuff. What? Mental, absolutely mental. Um, but there was so it's not it's not all funny. So he wanted it. He wanted a baby boom as well because obviously every good communist wants more workers. Yes. So he uh, he put laws against contraception and abortion. Oh um, And women were required to go to undergo regular examinations. It's just Blimey. like kind of Handmaid's Tale stuff, yes. isn't it? It's just yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got goosebumps just talking. Yeah, about that, that 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 makes me feel a bit weird. Yeah. So anyway, so the money ran out ran out 
for them in the kind of sort of late seventies, early eighties, um, and obviously the Soviets when the money ran out, you know, started to reform a little bit. But he just he just doubled down, um, had a, a huge, like a really harsh austerity program that led to kind of power shortages. And this is when I don't know, again this is this is kind of giving me goosebumps. I don't know if you do you remember in the early eighties, pictures and videos of orphans in oh, Romania. Yeah. That, th- this is my my overriding memory of Romania are the orphans. I know, and you just see them, they're these emaciated, starving children rocking, rocking. from side to side, trying to comfort themselves yeah. in these filthy beds, yeah. in torn clothes, with no heating, no light, and it was just they're, they're some of the most harrowing images that I just cannot... I, haven't, I mean, this is like 35 years ago, and I, haven't, and I still can't forget them. Do you remember, do you remember Challenge Annika? Yes. Do you remember that special edition? Oh, where they went over there. This was after. This was. This would have been after eighty nine or on eighty nine. Oh, I don't know if I remember that. And held a special, special thing, special phone in or whatever, um, uh, for people to to volunteer their services or their cash or their whatever. I remember there was like a special live edition at the top of the BT Tower. Right. And the phones are going, and people are pledging either money or you know I've got a lorry, I'll come over and help. And it was to go over and. And try and um, uh, and try and rescue basically one of these one of these orphanages. Right. Uh, and then they filmed it. Uh, and I remember I remember watching that. And obviously, what they did was they they you know they they, they did this place up and they they try you know they tried to make it a nice place to live and they tried to get them healthcare and and food and and clothing and all this kind of stuff. Um, but like you, that was that's that's an image that stuck with me and. And it's an image that has been, you know, indelibly associated with communism and socialism. And I know we've been brought up at this kind of slightly unique moment where that that was our childhood. And it's like, these are children that are the same age as you. They grew up in that country, which is not very far away, that ended up like this. So it's like this cautionary tale. Yeah, for sure. Type type stuff. I, I, as you say, very for for me, that's very powerful. Yeah, but <clears throat> I, I yeah, I've, I've never been able to forget it. At the same time as doing this, though, he he poured cash into Bucharest, and this is this is where we get to the uh, this is where we get to the People's Palace. Yes. Okay. So the People's Palace is the heaviest building on earth. Right. <laughs> what a great stat. <clears throat> Four point one million tons. This thing weighs. Okay. It took a team of 700 architects 13 years to build. 700, 700 architects. architects. So, so while they've got children starving and dying in these orphanages, they're, they're building this, this people's palace. So it's estimated that up to 100,000 people worked on it, including people's army soldiers and, in quotes, volunteers. Uh, slaves. Okay. Um, they think it cost around three billion to make, and in two thousand and eight, it was estimated that it was worth three point four billion. But right, get this, this is another stat: the cost of heat, light, and electricity exceeds six million dollars per year, which is comparable to powering a medium-sized city. That's crazy. Because it's big and it's cold, and there are you know like a well, thousand rooms. Well, it would have been designed regardless. Yeah, of, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so the construction of that began in in, in the early eighties and eighty four. Um, supposedly to, to take two years, but it you know it it, um, it was extended. Like all good government programs. It was extended and extended, and it's still it's still not complete, not fully complete. Yeah. Um, apparently, 
uh, only two large meeting rooms and 400 others have been finished uh, or are being used out of a total of 1,100. So there are still hundreds of hundreds of rooms that haven't been finished. And was this just designed to be the government building? He just, Yeah, he just wanted it to be the most impressive government building on earth. But he wanted every is. government department. And he, just, he just wanted there to be one building, everyone under effectively one roof. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another few stats for you. <coughs> Excuse me. Go for it. So, 3,500 tonnes of crystal, okay, for 480, 480 chandeliers. 480 chandeliers? Not 80 chandeliers. If you just said to me 80 chandeliers, I'd have thought that was quite a big number. No, 480, 480 chandeliers. 1,409 ceiling lights and mirrors were manufactured. 700,000 tonnes of steel and bronze for the monumental doors and windows. Just you know, that amount of steel and bronze for the doors and windows. A million cubic metres of marble. 900,000 cubic metres of wood. No wonder it's worth the, so much now. Flooring. It's, it's a commodity. It's a series of commodities. 200,000 square metres of fine woolen carpets. <laughs> You're starting to read this like Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes on. It's that kind of. It's 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 incredible. It's, it's incredible. But anyway, anyway, back to Ceausescu. Like like all like all good dictators, he had a secret police as well. Okay, the the, the Securitat, and yeah. they were just notorious. Um, they were the uh, you know the, some of the worst secret police in in Eastern Europe apparently they did, because of the extent that they were like bugging regular people's phones and spying on workplaces and stuff. And and again, this is the. They used to patrol the gynecological wards to make sure people weren't avoiding having babies. You know, it's just... The thing is, you talk about tapping ordinary people's phones, and I just think about the the laws that exist in this country for collecting data on people's um, web web search and web history and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. We're not, we're not a million miles away from that. I know they might not be, you know... P- going Patrolling the, gynecological wards. The maternity <laughs> wards, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he... Um, and this... So it, it it was going, you know, not going okay, but he was kind of carrying on until um, they they picked a fight with a Hungarian pastor in the city of Timisora. I think that's how you pronounce that. So basically, this 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 pastor was a an outspoken critic of communism, and they tried to silence him, had him sacked, and kicked out of his flat. Uh, but on December the fifteenth and sixteenth of 1989 a crowd gathered um and uh you know they had like a bit of a protest they were people were crying for freedom and um, this was the straw that broke the camel's back yeah it was absolutely people were crying for freedom freedom and for food and uh the security couldn't couldn't really do anything um the uh they they sent in um workers armed with clubs um but the workers switched sides because they were just, you know, they, they would, they'd had enough as well. Can I just say up the workers? <laughs> you can. Um, so this Timisura, kind of, like, that was where the revolt started. Right. Um, Ceausescu, this as well, at this point, was 71. He had diabetes. He wasn't in, you know, he wasn't in particularly good health. Um, but he still believed in his own popularity because mm. he just kind of cultivated this popularity cult. We've been doing it for, for decades. For, for, for decades, point. yeah. So what he did is he tried to repeat what he did in 1968. So he went back to the Central Committee building to give a speech. Like, on the balcony. This, this happened, this worked in 1968. Why can't it work now? So he gave the speech. It was broadcast live on TV on December the 21st, I think. But after a few minutes, the crowd just turned on him and they were kind of you know, kind of jeering and they were shouting, Timisora, Timisora. Um, 
apparently Ceausescu was he was just kind of sort of waved his waved his hands to try and sort them away and and the kind of camera cut out at that point right just and just started playing you know the the, the national anthem I think. <laughs> yeah. um and then the fighting broke out uh, between the protesters and the security forces right um, but this was this was brutal. The security forces. Tiananmen Square kind of style. Uh, they just opened fire. Opened fire like a thousand God. dead, three thousand injured. Um, just shot them. Um, so yeah, it was it was absolutely brutal. Um, they kind of think that if he'd, if he'd have just resigned at that point, that even at that point, if he'd have resigned, he'd have probably still survived and would just been you know would have mm. gone into exile and you know, lived somewhere else. But he just he, he wasn't having any of it. So he tried to, he kind of went back to the Central Committee building, um, you know, realising that he was on his own. Um, uh, and he, you know, back to the back to the balcony with a loud hailer, trying to tell, at this point, just trying to shout to people to go home, to the citizens, just, just, just to go home. And they were throwing sticks at him and all sorts of stuff. Um, and this, people started charging the building. And this is where it gets funny, for want of a, for right, want of a better yeah, term. It, yeah, it's... Yeah. it's, it's Black humour. So at this point, they decided that they had to escape. Yeah, they, they kind of realised that it kind of all was lost. Um, so they decided to flee. They thought, we'll, we'll get a helicopter. We'll, we'll go to the roof and get a helicopter. So they were bundled in a lift, but it being communist Romania, the lift broke down. Okay, so <laughs> They the, got stuck in the lift. They got stuck in the lift. In in one of the largest buildings on earth. But well, no, this wasn't the People's Palace. This oh, is, this right. is the, the, um, uh, the Central Committee building. Oh, I see. Um, right, okay. but, uh, yeah, they were stuck in the lift. The security hat had to force the doors open and somehow hoist the pair onto the roof. Um, they uh, they then flew to one of Ceausescu's palaces, Snagov, um, where he telephoned the army for support, um, only to be told... Sorry, we've joined the revolution. They're not on your side not anymore. Not on your side anymore. Um, so they, uh, they they kind of packed their cases full of like everything they could: blankets, bread, yeah, clothes, uh, items from the Elysee Palace. One imagines, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so they, they packed up and they went off with uh, with two bodyguards because that's basically uh, all they God, had. So all of this has come down to just him and his wife. And two bodyguards. Yeah, because well, and and the pilot. Although by this point, the pilot had realised that he was now carrying a fugitive, he was carrying a wanted man. So he found an excuse to land the helicopter and get rid of them. You know, kind of oh, something, something's wrong. Need to land the helicopter. Um, <laughs> but oh, look, it's working again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, one of the bodyguards ran away as well. So oh, it was just two of them and one bodyguard by that point. Right. Um, so the remaining bodyguard fla- managed to flag down a car. Of a local doctor who apparently almost had kittens when he recognised well, who his would, passengers were. Yeah, for sure. After a few miles, he faked car trouble. Sorry, stuttering, had to stop the car. Um, can you can you imagine being in that situation? Oh, it's and and what you would do? You you you're there driving for ten minutes, twenty minutes, whatever, thinking, how do I get out of this situation? Yeah, without without getting a, a bullet, bullet in the, the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So he faked car trouble. Uh, the body, the reigning bodyguard, found another guy washing his car, so went up to him. Elena, his wife, held a gun to the man's head. Oh God! Um, and compelled them to, to 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 drive them. Drove to a nunnery, knocked on the door of the nunnery. Sorry, you're not welcome here. <laughs> so the nuns didn't like him. Um, went to a hotel, all owned by the party, and on, you know, we're told that there was there was no room at the inn. You know, just before Christmas. Um, finally, the car washer ran away. Uh, eventually, yeah. ran away, and then they were arrested by two policemen and spent the night in the barracks, where they complained. Well, the, the, they complained about the food. Right. The other 
The other bodyguard is there. Is he gone away at this yeah, point? He, as yeah, yeah, well? he did. Yeah, oh he, 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 he ran away at that point as well. Um, and this is where the show trial started. And there's been there's been right. lots of talk about oh it shouldn't have been a tri- show trial it should have been a proper trial and all this kind of stuff. But it was these were his rules. This is this yeah. is what he did for decades, and they just they, yes. they played by his rules. So and and, and he did a typical dictator. You know, Saddam Hussein did the same thing. Failed to recognise the authority of the court. Mm. Um, was refused to answer any questions. Elena was shouting that they're all liars all the time. He was shouting that there was a coup and said things like, have you not seen how the people cheered when I went into factories? You know, still believing his own propaganda. Yeah. Refused to answer any questions. Court found them guilty and said that there would be no possibility of appeal. Took them outside and shot them on Christmas Day 1989. Wow. And that was the end of it. Yeah. So slightly farcical, blackly comic escapade but yeah thank goodness that it was finally over after decades of tyranny and poverty yeah. starvation death it just uh, it was one of the worst regimes in 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 eastern europe and you know it was up against some pretty stiff competition as you, might, low bar, as you might yeah. imagine yeah and this is where i find i find it i find it fascinating you know, these people who would never have met him what you know, suddenly faced with this person you know this person, this person, like holding a gun to the back of your head. Yeah, um, bodyguards fleeing, um, and you've been, you've been facing the party propaganda, the party machine and its propaganda, for your prob- potentially for your entire life, and all you've ever seen is this guy in charge, whether you wanted him there or not, and and you're faced with these life or death choices. I mean, the, the guy. Faking the car trouble, yeah? You've got you've to know that you can do that to a point where they don't go, hang on a minute, you're lying, I'm still going to shoot you. Uh, or that if you manage to try and turn and run, that they're not going to be able to, to shoot you. I mean, what's, what's going through your head probably is, I'm going to get shot at the end of this. Therefore, Whether I'm, I like it or not, whether, so I've got to engineer the end if I, if, I, if I get them to where they want... They're, my they're, usefulness is they're going to shoot me so if yes. I if I stage trouble now I've got a chance that they're going to be preoccupied with finding another car because they're not safe because now. they're not safe that's got to be what's going through your head so you've got to make the got to ease off the throttle a little bit take, keep taking your foot off make it stutter yeah you know fake 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 trouble and this oh sorry my car's broken down but even though you know the, the, the police officers in the uh, in the police station yeah they're going to have been hearing on the radio, one assumes, and on the TV. Well, I that think, this regime is for. Yeah, and I think that's how the helicopter pilot kind of found out. Um, you know, he suddenly, suddenly, suddenly realised. Yeah, you know, and so he obviously, like you say, he kind of faked helicopter trouble. They ran off, and it's only. It's working again now, lads. By that point, the other bodyguard has run away, and. Wouldn't you love to hear from them? Yeah. What a story they'd have to tell. Bearing in mind that these so anyway, are... I ran away. I left him with a heli- with a helicopter. The helicopter buggered off. <laughs> <laughs> you never guess what happened next. Yeah, what but a they, story. But they're bodyguards to Ceausescu. These are people who, again, their entire professional career. Well, they yeah, and and you can't imagine that they were particularly, you know, nice people either. You know, no, to, to, want, that... to want to be a bodyguard of a, exactly. a totalitarian psychopath, they've got to be pretty brutal individuals. Yes. You would imagine. 
Um, but this is where you know the you know, the fact that they were taken out of the back and shot obviously doesn't surprise me. It's not nice. It 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 is understandable if for want of a better term. And this is where I think. And I don't know whether this is a, a uniquely right-wing view, and I don't mean that I'm right-wing and therefore it's a right-wing view, but I've heard this from white right-wingers, and it's the idea that you can't just get rid of the state because there'd be this horrific chaos and this power vacuum, and then suddenly the people that would rise up and fill this vacuum would be those most brutal of people. And there would be the people that would take the law into their own hands and summarily execute people whenever they wanted because of lawlessness suddenly, because there is no state to enforce it. I don't think that's an excuse not to get rid of the state. Well, yeah, one, of my, one, of, one, of, one of my favourite um, arguments against anarchy is that it would lead to another government. <laughs> it's like, hold up a second. But then this, then this gang will be in charge. The most powerful gang will be in charge. It's like, what? Well, that's, that's the government. What we've got now. Yeah, and look, I think that it, it's it's difficult to have these conversations rationally because there are historical um, examples of of some of this happening, but there is an awful lot of historical and current examples of of the government and the state and the institutions surrounding the state mistreating people now, and so. It, it's very difficult to try and rationally compare one form of chaos with another because <laughs> it's hardly order right now, is it? <laughs> you know. No, and it's it's. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I don't like. I don't it. envy anyone at the end of a regime. I think that's sure, kind of what sure. I'm saying. And 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 that would have been an an absurd situation to be in as the driver of a car or the police officer or the the person at the hotel. Or the nuns. Or the nu- exactly. That would have been an, an utterly absurd situation to be in. Um, but that you find yourself in, you don't know whether it's life or death, but you're just going to make split-second judgments. I suppose really what I'm saying is I don't know enough about these periods of history. This, this makes me want to go and, and read up on this stuff. I want to read up about the aftermath. I want to read up about what happened since. You know, yes, we know that, uh, you know, that 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 was that was a change of regime. That Romania is not the country it was now. You know, thirty years later. Um, well, it makes me want to study um, some of the other, yes, you know, for want of a better term, regime changes as well. Yes. Like when the Berlin Wall fell down, the collapse of the Soviet Union. Yeah, you know, and these are all. I mean, I think in most Eastern Bloc and European countries, it ended reasonably peacefully. Yes. Um, I mean, not not well, but reasonably peacefully. And I think, I think that is that's tremendous considering, mm. isn't it? But it's because he he just kept doubling down all the time. You know, he did. There, there were no, you know, he didn't do a Gorbachev or you no. know, it, you know, he was just absolutely doubling down. He was when, you know, he when it, when even Stalin was thinking, oh, hold up a second, we, this is this is unsustainable. He was like, nope, you we must go further into communism and just carried on and carried on until he, until he was shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I want to go and read up about more of this. Well, perhaps, perhaps we'll do a few more of, of this type of podcast because I'm certainly more interested in this than I am talking about what's going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm thoroughly bored of what's going on at the moment. Sure. I'm sure you are too, even though we keep talking about it. Yeah, well, let's, let's say no more about it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sounding Board. Uh, you can find us at Sign You can find us at One Take Elliot. Yeah, okay, okay. You can <laughs> you can find us at soundingboard.com. Uh, if you could share us, that's li- that's literally the best thing you could do. You know, we don't want any money, but if you could just share us with your friends. Uh, we'd be most grateful and we'll talk to you again next time. 